Hey everyone out there, how's it going? You're listening to Screen Speak. It's the podcast that's all about movies, life, and so much more. I'm Jordan Anderson, this is my podcast, and I am sincerely appreciative and thankful that you have decided to come by and listen to today's episode. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. You're going to hear me talk a lot about movies, I talk to guests about movies, and I generally talk a lot about movies on this podcast, as well as some other things related to life and so on and so forth that unfold through good conversation, but that's what you'll get if you're a first-time listener. And if you're an existing listener, well, you get the same thing, but you get my added thanks on top of that for being an existing listener. So whether you are new or existing, here's what I want you to do. I want you to hit that follow button. Yeah. I'm going to ask you to hit the follow button until you do. Do I know you're going to hit the follow button? No. I, I mean, this isn't, this isn't, you know, I can't, I can't promise that, that you'll do that. I can't force you to do it, but I want you to do it. So you hit the follow button and here's what you get for that. You won't miss any episodes because you'll get a notification saying, hey, there's a new episode of Screen Speak Up. So that'll be one of the first things that comes up. And then also it'll help grow the podcast. So that's good on my end because I need more people to listen to it in order to produce more content, get cool swag, get a bunch of other great things in the works for this podcast, but that is what I want. It's what I need. It's what I got to have. So please, 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 please do uh, do do that. Hit the follow button. Uh, also, got social media. That's right. If you're into social media, I'm not sure if you are. It's okay if you're not, to be honest. Some of it's overrated and quite frankly, adds to a lot of anxiety. Am I right? But if you do like it, you like Instagram in particular, who, who, who are my insties out there? Dude, <laughs> that's, that's so stupid. Uh, no one says insties, but I'm saying it right now. Uh, if you like Instagram, that's what I'm trying to say. If you like Instagram, the podcast is on there as well. It's at ScreenSpeak Podcast. So say that again. It's at ScreenSpeak Podcast. So you can find the Instagram account for the podcast right there. And lastly, you can also check out the newly created Facebook community group. Uh, that's my way of allowing you, the screen speakers, the fans of the show, fans of movies, fans of life, to all get together and have good conversation, uh, hopefully about the podcast or whatever you'd like. But the point is, it's a community for you. Um, and, and it's also my way to interact with you as well, because I tend to pop on there, talk with you all, do that whole thing. So if you're interested in doing that, just search Screen Speak on Facebook, request the join. I am the, uh, the primary administrator for it, so I just make sure that you're not a robot and you know not someone that's probably not fit for the group. Uh, but I'm a pretty easygoing guy, and most people are fit for this group. So just follow the, the rules of the committee, uh, not the committee, the group, uh, and you'll be just fine. It's pretty straightforward. Just don't be an a-hole. Uh, don't you know trash other people unnecessarily. And uh, you know just be respectful towards others. So basic adulting 101. Uh, anyways, I don't, why, why am I lecturing you? Why am I lecturing the screen speak audience? You don't need to hear that. I, I that you didn't come here to hear me tell you how to live your life. You came here to listen to me talk about movies and, and whatever else I feel like. And that's what I'm doing. Why do I sound so hyper? I don't know. I, it's not like I had a bunch of espresso. I, I, we have an espresso maker now. Uh, I'm, I'm getting married soon for people that have been listening to the podcast, or if you're a new listener, I'm getting married soon. And so people have been sending us a lot of stuff. So yes, I do have an espresso maker. 
Uh, but I'm, I'm not overly caffeinated right now. Uh, I'm just I'm just excited about this episode. Uh, I got a lot of cool things I want to talk about, so that's why my energy for this one is a little bit high. <clears throat> but anyways, that's it for all the plugs. So let's go ahead and get into the actual episode itself. <clears throat> so this is going to be uh, a unique episode. I am calling this the one year anniversary special for Screenspeak. Uh, basically what I'm going to talk about today is one, just kind of what's new with me, what's kind of going on with my own personal life. Uh, I do get personal. I tend to be an open book a lot of the time in the podcast, but I don't spend a ton of time doing self-examination of myself and what I'm doing and and share that all with you. But I want to take the time to do that on this episode because I, I think it'll be interesting. And then I also want to spend some time, uh, just looking back on the podcast, going back to how did this whole thing start? Uh, why do I continue to do it? And then as, uh, excuse me, and then I will, uh, I know you're probably just thinking, what the hell was that noise? Look, if you're talking, if you're talking really fast, you get mush mouth is what I call it. Sometimes you just make nonsense words. It happens. I'm not editing this thing. I'm going to keep going. Favorite moments. That's what I was trying to say. So I'm going to talk about how the podcast start. Why do I do it? But then I want to talk about favorite moments on the podcast. So I've sort of put together a little compilation reel, if you will, of some of my favorite moments I've had over the last year with this podcast. And I think for a first time listener, it'll actually be effective for you to hear that. Uh, just because then rather than having to go back and listen to all 50 plus episodes, which I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. I'd absolutely encourage you to do that. But if you don't want to do that, this is the right episode to be on because you're going to get a good little sneak peek of, of, of the essence of screen speak, if you will. There's a lot of specific moments I, I chose to, to put on here as a highlight reel. So we'll do that. And, and then I'll just wrap up by just talking about what's, what's, uh, what's the plan. Like, what are we doing? What am I doing with this thing going forward? Is it still going to go forward? Well, I mean, of course it is. That's why, I mean, that's why we're having a anniversary special. Not much good calling it an anniversary if you're not planning on there being more anniversaries, and I am. So don't worry about that. I'm still very much doing it, but I want to talk about what's coming. I got some exciting plans for year two. I already have some exciting things in motion. Don't want to give too much away just yet, so you'll have to stick around to the end of the episode to get that. But in the meantime, let's go ahead and just dial it back let's slow down for a second and let me just talk about what is going on with my life for those that are interested uh first kind of a cool thing i got to do recently i posted it in the facebook community group i think i posted a preview of sorts in the instagram account see like my my days have been blurring together a little bit so i I don't even know but uh, I got to see Mark Marin live at the Englert Theater here in Iowa City, and let me tell you, it was awesome. <clears throat> for those of you that are not familiar with Mark Marin, uh, I'm always going to advocate for this guy. He's great. He's uh, probably most widely known uh, as a podcaster, I'd say, almost before being a comedian, at least to a certain generation. Uh, he has the WTF podcast. I'll actually put the link for it in the description of this podcast if you want to check that out. Uh, really interesting podcast. And, and I would also say as far as podcasts go, his podcast in particular is one of the first that got, I would say, mainstream recognition before a lot of other podcasts that I know about got recognized, uh, you know, kind of mainstream across the board. 
and he's had some amazing people on his podcast, both uh, both living and passed away. I, he's had Robin Williams on before. I think President Obama was on there. Uh, you know, he's talked to Michael Mann. He, he's talked to journalists, uh, comedians, uh, all all kinds of incredibly talented and interesting people. Uh, most recently, he had Andrew Garfield, I think, on the podcast, uh, and they actually touched a little bit on the the Iowa City show and the shows that he did in Iowa. So I thought that was cool. Uh, but anyways, check him out because he he is really really funny. Uh, but not just funny; he's just really he's a good wordsmith. I mean, he's just really smart. You can just tell from listening to him, and he has an interesting perspective on things. Somewhat somewhat pessimistic. Uh, a little angry Jew energy coming off of him, but he he says that himself. So I'm not being anti-Semitic. He he is Jewish. He he says that he's kind of an angry Jew. So that's 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 what he does. Um, but he's he's insightful. He's smart. I think he's edgy. And even the way that he did the stand-up show was not what I think most people think of when they think of a typical stand-up comedy show. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not that he didn't have the, you know, the microphone, the stool, the backdrop. Like, he had all that. But just the way that he approached it with the audience was different. It was more laid back. He, you almost felt like he was just having a conversation with himself and you just happened to, to be there listening. And then sometimes he did interact with the audience, which I thought was nice. Um, and, and it was also a good crowd. Like, there wasn't, like, really anyone heckling. In fact, there was a person at one point in the show that that kind of blurted out at the right time that his Instagram account, because he he does a lot of live streams on there, uh, saved her life during the pandemic. And you could tell like he, like she wasn't being like uh, insincere, trying to throw him off. Like I think she was just really trying to sincerely say that it meant a lot to her. And rather than like get security called on the person and like you know get her out for disrupting the show. Uh, he handled it like a champ. Uh, like he he acknowledged it. He was totally respectful, made light of it, but not in a nasty way. And, and then he continued on. And it was it was amazing to see just how he worked out a situation like that. Because I think to the I don't want to say the untrained eye, but to somebody that doesn't have an understanding of the difficulties of public speaking, it's not easy to get back on track after somebody throws you off what you were planning to say. So. I really like that. And and in general, he was really funny, uh, very topical. He, he joked that there was a few people uh, probably that already had COVID that just didn't care anymore. Um, he had really kind of dark humor about his father having dementia, he talked about grief. So, I mean, like there was some heavy, some heavy stuff, but he handles it in just such a, such a way that's just uniquely him. And I love seeing an artist, whether it's in comedy and film and music or anything that just is so comfortable being them and they're just willing to bear it all on stage. Uh, I, I think it's fantastic. And comedy as, a, as an art form doesn't always get appreciated for the vulnerability that people have to show or, or comics have to show. And I think Mark Marin, he, he does a really effective job and he just gets better with age. So uh, I had a really good time going to see him. So check out his podcast, WTF. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Uh, I'm reading... Yeah, that's right. I, I don't just watch movies, even though that would... I mean, that would be bad if I stopped watching movies, turn this into book speak, right? Who wants to listen to that? You know, I shouldn't say that, because there's there's definitely people that out uh, that are out there that read books that are like, hey, man, I, I would probably listen to a book podcast. Not just, You know, I'm not going to listen to your podcast anymore, dude. Like, you hate books. No, 
Uh, I'm not saying that at all. Books are fine. Uh, I just m- movies are faster. That's that's why I do it. I, I try to try to get through them uh, when I can a book, but but movies tend to be quicker and quite frankly more interesting. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, why why do I joke about that? Why why do I joke? That's fine. All right, let me talk about this book. So I'm reading Heat Two. I got really excited. I I had posted on the Instagram uh, that the new Heat. Uh, 4K copy came out. So for those of you that aren't familiar with Heat, uh, it's quite literally one of the greatest bank heist robbery movies ever created. Probably my favorite. I I would say a close contender would be The Town. I I really enjoyed that movie or or maybe Point Break. But Heat really is special. And and Michael Mann has come out with a, a sequel and prequel of sorts all combined in this book. Now, I actually plan on doing a, a podcast of uh, the book once I've finished reading it, but I, I can't I can't obviously do a full, complete podcast on it until I've read the book. So my plan is, is once I finish reading Heat 2, there will be a Heat slash Heat 2 podcast. Uh, whether, I'll, whether or not I'll have a guest on for that, it remains to be seen. I would like to have a guest on that, but I also don't know who out there likes heat that I could talk with um, on the level that I would want to talk about it because it's not just a simple black and white cops versus robbers movie like there's a lot of nuance to it a lot of deep emotional questions that are actually being posed throughout the movie and I won't get into all my thoughts on that until I do that podcast but uh, rest assured I am going to do it uh, but so far, I can tell you, uh, Heat 2, the book, I, I'm enjoying it. it. It's interesting how it's it's flipping between the the parallel narratives of both a prequel and a sequel at the same time. Uh, there's actually multiple storylines going on at once, but I think the book does a good job of, of balancing those out without it being confusing. Though I admit, if you haven't seen Heat for a while, uh, I would definitely recommend re-watching the movie before checking out the book, just because... Certain characters, it's easier to put a face to the name if you remember them from the movie. It's easier to, like, you know, just visually associate it while you're reading. Uh, but if you don't need that kind of visual recollection, then then you can just check it out uh, on its own. And, and I guess you might be able to take something away from it. But I, I would definitely, uh, definitely watch the movie. Uh, so, yeah, let's see. So I saw Mark Marin uh, picked up the Heat, the 4K, reading Heat 2 right now. And I'm reading it in bed which I actually think is it is the correct move to to read a book in bed before uh, falling asleep and not being on your phone. I don't know if anybody finds that, but if you're on your phone too much when you're trying to fall asleep, uh, it's just not right. Just it, it, you know, you start thinking about all the news. Uh, your, your brain becomes like a freaking news feed that you're scrolling past as you're trying to turn your brain off, and, and it just doesn't work out so well. So I wouldn't recommend that, but the book is nice. Um, but I'm actually finding... You know, Heat 2, it just happens to be a good book. And so sometimes if a book is boring or it's just not engaging, then it is a good way to fall asleep because I'm, I'm losing consciousness literally while reading it. But Heat 2, sometimes it's actually a, a page turner. So there's times where, uh, you know, Isola, my wife, she's saying like, okay, we got to turn off the lights. But I am saying, oh, no, I got to finish like this chapter because this is really going somewhere and I can't just stop it. Uh, so I, I think that's a good thing. But... 
it's my nighttime reading book. So I try to read a couple pages before I go to bed each night. So at least at that pace, I'll be done with it. Hopefully, I don't know. What, what are we at? This is, I'm recording this on August 24th, 2022. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking maybe I will be done by the end of September. Uh, but I'm, I'm not sure because I'm getting married soon. I don't want to say my wedding date just yet. Not that I don't want the screen speak community to know that's happening, but you guys don't need to know my, my actual wedding date. Uh, for those that know me personally, you can know it. Um, but it's coming soon. So I don't know. There's going to be a lot of family and friends in town and that kind of thing. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to devote the time to get to it by the end of September, but damn it, I will try. All right. So, okay. I've talked about heat two. Um, let's see. I, I guess I should talk about this wedding thing since, since it's, it's coming up. It's right around the corner. Um, the planning is all but, all but done. Uh, just a little couple odds and ends to figure out. And hopefully on the day of, it's not a catastrophe and everything sort of coalesces into one nice, beautiful, romantic bow. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I got my bachelor party coming up and I admit I am looking forward to that. And in fact, perhaps when the bachelor party happens and afterwards, maybe I should try to do, I I should talk about a bachelor party movie. The Hangover, of course, that's that's a pretty easy one to think about. Or uh, for anyone that's of an uh, older generation, perhaps, you could actually just watch the movie Bachelor Party with Tom Hanks. That's a really old movie, and I've, I've only ever seen it once or twice. But uh, I know... I'm trying to think. There's a, there's a donkey scene in that movie. I don't want to say much more than that because it's, it's kind of gross. But, uh, yeah, there's a donkey scene. And, and I think it actually gets referenced in Clerks 2. So if you've seen Clerks 2, you'll know what I'm talking about. But in any case, yeah, Bachelor Party episode. That'd be kind of fun. I don't know. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm talking stuff out right now. Just, you know, leave me be. Let me figure this stuff out while I'm recording. Okay? Um, but yeah, the bachelor party's coming up. I'm excited. The wedding, the family, the whole thing, ready for it to just be here, be done. Um, I'm of course ready for the day itself. Uh, I don't know how I'll feel. I don't know. I, I, I've talked to other people, uh, about like how they felt like before their wedding and like what, you know, what they kind of went through. Did they, you know, do they all cry when they see her coming down the aisle? Like what's, what's the deal? And I think the truth is, is that everybody's different. And not only that, but everybody reacts differently. So how I react is probably not going to be how everybody else does. And I'm not going to try to overthink it like I'm clearly doing right now. Uh, I'll react how I react. But I can tell you, I wear my heart on my sleeve. And whatever reaction comes out is going to be me. It's going to be for real. So that's what I'll say about that. Um, Let's see. Life. Life right now. Life outside of the wedding, outside of this podcast, outside of everything. What do I want to share? Mm, you know, I think life is going pretty good. Uh, yeah, I mean, relatively speaking, I think it's going pretty good. I, I sometimes need to stop and realize that because I, like a lot of people out there, sort of have an expectation, uh, not only for themselves, but of, of what... Uh, I guess, I don't know, what I want to happen around me. I'm not sure if that makes sense, but I don't know. I, I sometimes just need to, I, I keep finding myself lately, like I, I'm not always enjoying moments as much as I should because I'm, I'm not, I guess, being as present. 
I'm focusing on a lot of future goals, future tasks, future priorities that I'm trying to sort out. And while that can be good to an extent, uh, from an organizational extent and, and purpose, uh, it can also be maddening if you just don't know how to switch off. So I got to figure that out. Got to figure out how to switch off a little bit. But you know what? I'm working at it. And honestly, talking about it right here with you all on ScreenSpeak seems to help out as well. So appreciate you listening. Really, really do. Um, one thing I thought I would address with the ScreenSpeak community, because I'm trying to treat this as a little bit of a personal soapbox for the moment, uh, to let you have a better understanding of, of me, I thought I would share with you all things that I do for fun outside of talking to you all. Um, because who doesn't like to hear about a person's hobbies? I mean, it, it says a lot about them. It says a lot about the person, what they do for fun, right? So I guess I should rattle off some hobbies. What the heck, right? Let's see. So without thinking about this too hard, uh, I, I do like to do things outside. I like to hike. I like to go take my mother's dog for a walk. We have a park nearby, and my mother doesn't live too far away, so sometimes we pick up the dog and go take her for a walk. There's even a little creek in there, too, that she jumps in and swims at, and I think it's just delightful. So I enjoy doing that. It's a nice way to get away without really getting away because it's not that far out of my way, but still far enough and removed enough from things that you don't feel like you're really in the city. So I enjoy that. Um, Love spending time with the missus. I I, I realize some people would be like, oh, yeah, really? She's probably got a gun to your head while you're saying that. No. It's not true. Uh, I really do. I love I love Isola. Isola, if you're listening, I know you listen to this. I love you. Uh, it's great. It, it's it's really great having her here. I, I I don't take it for granted one day that she's actually in my life, like for good now, and like we're living together, and we're not having to deal with being apart for two years, and 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 everything that went along with that. So it is great. Uh, I'm very, very blessed on that. And I need to remind myself of that too because life is short and we need to remind ourselves to be happy and not just focused on work, 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 work 24-7. Let's see. Of course, I watch my movies. Love watching movies. It's a huge part of who I am. I literally would not be the person I am today without movies. So got to keep doing that. Uh, Reading books. I'd like to do that as well. Um, been been really big on uh, different musical genres lately. I, I really do like music and would actually like to talk about it on the podcast more if I could find the right in uh, on a movie to talk about that. Uh, and, and lately I've been listening actually to a lot of like like DJ music, uh, electronic music. Let me, I have my Spotify up here right now. Let me see if I can figure out what you would classify this as. I'm going to click this band here. Oh, well, I know they're popular. That's that's not really helping me. Does it not just tell me? Is it like an about? I just need an about. Okay, here we go. An about. Um, DJ, remix music, multi-instrumentalists, uh, stuff like that. What, whatever that is. Like, if, if anybody knows who... Uh, like bag raiders are. I'll name. I'll name off some of these and see if any of these, any of my DJ friends out there know what some of these people are or know who some of these people are. Uh, okay, so I've been listening to a lot of bag raiders. Um, Metro, uh, Metro area. They're pretty good. Uh, Breakbot, Tiger and Woods. Uh, this one is Lifelike. I got. I got a couple by Lifelike actually. They're pretty good. Amtrak. 
um, Anorak. Um, th- those are a handful of the DJs that I've been listening to lately. So just it's good. It's good vibe music. Like it's it's good music to like have on in the background while I'm working, but it's not so like laid back that I'm going to lose motivation. It's like a interesting ebb and flow with the productivity that I feel when I'm listening to that. I've been putting a lot of music together, um, well, for our wedding, but I also make playlists a lot. I, I think that's something you all don't know about me. Uh, I like to make playlists a lot. Been doing that for years, uh, ever since actually like the days of of Napster, Kaza, LimeWire, all that illegal downloading musical glory. Uh, I would burn CDs back in the day, make playlists all the time, and, and it wasn't honestly really for like... Uh, it wasn't for like parties really or anything like that. I, I didn't have a ton of friends growing up, but I just, I like the places that music would take me. I like kind of riding an emotional roller coaster when you listen to music, um, you know, which in a sense is, is in a way sort of being like a DJ because you're trying to control the, the rhythm, the mood, the vibe, the whole thing. So I like doing that with myself, I guess. And I think other people like to do that too. Uh, let's see. What else do I do for fun? I work out a lot. I work out five times a week. I by no means like a, a gym rat though. You would hear me say, Oh, you work out five times a week. That surely must mean that you're a gym rat. No, not really. I mean, there's people that are far more buff than me. I just, I try to, I try to stay in shape, try to feel good physically because it matters for your whole, uh, I guess your whole compass, like your, your whole person, if you're going to be healthy, it's not just the body, it's the body, the mind, the soul, the, you know, what is it? The, the pyramid There's like a pyramid. I think of like all the, the nutritional things that you're supposed to be, whatever, whatever the hell that is. That's what I, that's what I try to be. Um, let's see. Graphic design. That's what I actually went to school for. So, yep. I still dabble with that. And in a way, the podcast is actually a, a way of me doing that too. So that's something that I do. Um, family, friends, having a good laugh. Um, I don't know, just, just trying to enjoy life, I guess, as much as I can, and also try out new experiences when they happen, which lately I admit there hasn't been a ton, but I got an experience coming up called getting married, so uh, I think that'll qualify and hopefully help scratch that itch that I have. All right, that's enough about me. Uh, but I will say this, leave this segment off as this and say that if anybody wants to, you know, learn more about myself, wants to, you know, hear me ramble more about this stuff. I mean, certainly let me know. Uh, but you can also ask questions anytime in that Facebook community group. I do hop on there. I do look at the activity that's on there. And if people start talking, guess what? I'll start talking back. So you got any questions on there? You got something you want to say? You go to the Facebook community group and make it happen. All right, let me, let's go ahead and move on and look back. Look back at the year that was 2021 into 2022 for ScreenSpeak. Why is an accent happening? Is this an accent? Is it British? Is it, uh, I don't know, blimey bloody hell. I was trying to do like five accents at once and then my brain broke. So we're not going to do that. All right, we're just going to take a look at a first question that would likely come up when we're looking back at the start of ScreenSpeak, which is, how did you start? Why did you start? If anybody wants to know why I started uh, doing this, I'm about to tell you right now. Let's see. So 
it's a number of reasons why I decided to do podcasting. Um, I had been doing YouTube prior. There is a YouTube channel that I won't say the name of. Uh, I'll you know for the hardcore fans out there, if you if you look enough, you'll you'll be able to find it. It's not that hard. The channel is still up. I did not take it down, but I was making videos off and on for a few years on that. And then before that, I had a YouTube channel before that, that like early on in college, I think around like 2011 is when I started doing that. Uh, That was me at my amateur YouTuber finest moments bit on there. And I don't don't regret doing any of that stuff. I I do wish it had taken off more or had gotten a little bit more, uh, you know, notoriety and and that kind of thing. But it, it was it was good for me. It was good for my soul. So I don't regret doing it. Um, but I, the, the point with bringing that all up is, is that I've been creating content for a long time. And even before that, I, I think of myself as always have, uh, I've always been a creative person. I, I've been, I've been writing, been drawing, uh, been artistic. Uh, I've never really tried like stage expression, like doing like acting, uh, in theater though. That's always actually been a lifelong thing that I would love to actually try, if I could get the courage and uh, the guts to be able to do something like that, I think it would actually be really fulfilling. Um, so I, I don't know. You never say never, but who, who knows if that type of thing will happen. But let's go back to the point. The point is, is that I've always been creative and I've always been looking for proper channels to put that creativity into. And really only until recently, up until I started doing screen speak and started doing it consistently, did I realize that this doesn't just have to be a creative outlet. This can actually turn into something if I put the work in and put the consistency behind it, put my true authentic self out there and try to say something to people, like really have something to say and and entertain people hopefully in the process and, and have them be engaged. And that's really important to me as a person. And so podcasting just seems to be the best avenue for me right now to be able to do that. And and I've really enjoyed the process of just figuring it out because I really had to start from nothing to get this thing sorted out. Like I had to figure out how do you even start a podcast? Like, what do you need to happen? Like, how do you name it? Like, how do you, uh, you know, how do you market it? How do you find your your in like what's your format uh how do you record it how do you you know do the the uh the audio engineering like all the editing that has to go into it um how do you eventually start getting more followers like what's the process behind that how do you build a fan base like there's there's all these different challenges that i'm finding with the podcast medium that i really really enjoy sinking my teeth into and and I'm going to continue to do it. So it's a combination. There's, there's a itch that it scratches by me being able to project my authentic voice out there into the world. Uh, I'm able to express my, my joy, love and admiration for cinema, for, for film, for movies, for entertainment as an industry. There's a lot of things that I can cover in, in a podcast and, and that all speaks true to me and, and I think speaks true to other people too. So it, it works on that level. But then again, there's that problem solving element that I like where there's all these little fun challenges that, that push you. And, and, and I, and I like that. I like having, I like having, uh, 
a goal, so to speak, in sight, even though with this, the, the goal line's always moving. It's it's never set at like, oh, I need to have like 5,000 subscribers and this amount of content. Like, no, it's it's always growing. It's always progressing. I'm never 100% satisfied. That's just part of who I am. Uh, but I like doing it for that. I, I, I like... I like the the passion that it fulfills uh, for myself. It, it it fulfills me to get it out outside of myself, so it's not just all in my head. And, and I I love connecting too. I, I love connecting with people. Love talking to people, getting to know people, learning from people. Uh, so it's really kind of a one stop shop for me to get all of those things accomplished. And and again. I go back to this, putting something out there for people that is meaningful and is truly, truly me. That That is very, very important. So that's why, that's that's in a sense why I do it all. All right, everybody, it's time for the highlight reel. You love highlights. I love highlights. Who doesn't like highlights? It's an easy way to get a comprehensive look at some of the best of something, maybe some of the worst. Not the worst in this case. This is the best. So without any further ado, these are my personal favorite moments in the last year of ScreenSpeak. And I've had my bike stolen one time. Your bike stolen? <laughs> Nicholas Cage stole my bike. <laughs> we didn't even talk about that. Quick. I'm, I'm glad you tied that back in somehow. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, one of the best. I've, like Nicholas Cage probably is like. I, we have to put this in the movie, guys. I'm not gonna do it unless I could do unless I could yell at some point. <laughs> I uh, yeah. So set, set, set up the scene. Set so it's like scene. he needs to get somewhere, and the the young kid isn't gonna help him anymore. Yeah, because he's been driving him around in his Camaro for yeah. most of the movie. So in typical Portland fashion, he walks up to like the front of someone's house and sees a bike that isn't locked, takes it. The guy comes by, and starts to say something. He's all, like, bloodied up and, like, mountain man eats and just screams at him and then sh- quick cut. Yeah, it, yeah, it just cuts off abruptly, and he doesn't even, like, say, like, get away or nothing like that. It's just, BAM! That <laughs> <laughs> was, was fantastic. I don't, I think we had a name for it, but do you remember that you, me, and Austin, we used to play... In his backyard, and we had, like, a whole thing where, like, he was the president, uh, and, yes. like, I was, like, a Secret Service agent or something, and, like, I don't, you were, I don't know if you I were a terrorist was, or, like... Oh, maybe. I or just, maybe I was the terrorist role, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just remembered that during those little, um, imagination, you know, scenarios, yeah, we always ended up with a hot chick at the end. <laughs> what? Yes. I, I need And there was a lot of ground thrusting towards the end once, you know, we saved the day. Oh, my you know. God. <laughs> I guess that's what we took away from action movies oh and James Bond films. This is going to be really shallow, but I'm not going to lie, you know, if I was in Chris Pratt's situation, mm. and Jennifer Aniston is on my freaking ship... Not Jennifer Lawrence, to be Jennifer clear. Lawrence. Jennifer well, Lawrence. Well, I just want to make sure. Is what I meant to say. Okay, to say. okay, okay. If Jennifer Lawrence was on my ship, yeah, I'm probably... You're waking her up. Yeah. I mean, gosh, I know I'm not an attractive guy, but I Ryan, don't have any other Don't say... Do, do not say that I mean, yourself, it's Jennifer friend. Lawrence, but... Even I could land Jennifer Lawrence if there's no other guys available. I mean, come on. It does improve your odds. Yes. (laughs) To to say the least. Come on. It would be funny, though, if you think about this. Now, 
I mean, this is still focused on the movie, but think about it. You're on the ship, you wake up Jennifer Lawrence, and then let's say, like, I don't know, like, day three, like, you're showing her how there's all these, like, other sleeping people in the pods. She's like, wow, like, look at all these other people. And, like, all of a sudden you're like, oh, shit. Like, you walk by, like, Jason Momoa. You walk by Ryan Gosling. You walk by, like, all these, like, 10 out of 10 dudes, and you're just like, oh, shit. Oh, no. What? Is she going to want... I'm not waking them up. I'm I'm not doing that. She's stuck with me. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. If I'm in the situation, I see Jennifer Lawrence there. Now, I want to be very clear about my words. Isola, my fiance. This is a hypothetical. (laughs) You are. I I love you. I we we do not know each other in this hypothetical situation, but. But. <laughs> but a big but but that being said yeah i mean i get why why chris pratt did it and if i was in a similar circumstance am i going to pretend like it probably wouldn't happen no i i mean likely speaking i think it would maybe not with her did you hear that Izola? <laughs> I think, I, I think he's leaving you for jennifer lawrence Izola, i i am not my, you you are my love. <laughs> you it's, it's, are my one and only. You are my sunshine. My my moo. <laughs> moo is another story. That's you do not. That is personal. <laughs> okay. No, it's okay. You can say that. People <laughs> keep, people can speculate. What the hell does moo mean? <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll share one day. Yeah. Well, how would you define happiness? I know that's like the million dollar question for a lot of people, but I mean, do you yourself, I mean, do you know what makes you happy? I don't think I do. I don't, I think it's different for each person. What makes them happy? Like, yeah, I know, I know things that make me happy in life and I know like what I can to maximize my happiness and not just sit around and be depressed all the time. But like, I don't, I haven't gotten to the point in my life where I'm satisfied with my life. And mm-hmm. gotten to the point in my life where I'm like, okay, yes, I've done it. I've I've officially figured out this whole life thing. I'm I'm officially a happy person. I've, like I I haven't, I haven't reached that point personally, and it didn't seem like Anthony Bourdain ever reached that point either. And he lived, he did all these extravagant things. So I think there's more to it than just meeting new people and traveling to being happy than that so well and that that was my definition of it honestly or one of the big parts of it beforehand was experiencing new things yeah but well i, I think, don't think that's it go ahead Sorry. no no you're good I, I i think anthony bourdain you know just from everything that you see in this documentary and just about him i mean i talked about the clever title roadrunner and, and how it applies to him but i think somebody like him he strikes me as what i would define as a seeker you know, a, a seeker of truth, a seeker of meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, I, I think my interpretation of him or, or kind of how I view it is that, like you said, he he was able to to fulfill a lot of desires, I think, that he had through through travel, through food, um, you know, even through drug use at one point. I mean, he he, he drank quite a bit and, you know, he actually smoked. Uh, yeah, he smoked. Constantly. Yeah, he he smoked a lot. You know, he 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 lived a hard life, but then um, he was an extremely hardworking guy too. I think he valued that in a lot of different people. But I guess going back to happiness is that it it felt like 
I don't know. I guess at the end for him, like it felt like he still didn't really like feel like he had like true meaning, I guess. Like he, I don't know if he was really feeling connected to the meaning of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if that makes sense, but I guess like, you know, this, this is where I'll identify happiness for like myself is, I don't know. I don't know if anybody truly has that figured out. I don't know if I believe it. Even if somebody tells me that they're like, ah, like I'm like super happy, like all the time. I'm like, you know, like, yeah. are you, are you like, I, I don't know if I believe that. Um, because I don't know. I think, I think we're always searching for, for happiness. We're like, we're searching for that next thing. We're, we're searching for another experience. We're searching for, um, feeling connected to something. Uh, mm-hmm. and I think what, what pains me about, about Anthony Bourdain is that, you know, despite him having a lot of these, no doubt, you know, profound, profound life experiences, whether it's, uh, you know, auditory experiences or sensory, uh, you know, the, it, it experience takes a lot of different shapes and forms, but, you know, ultimately I, he, he must've had something eaten in him pretty, pretty badly that none of those things would, would sustain it. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I, I, I guess, like for myself, um, I think experiences and, and travel and, and trying different foods, meeting different people. I mean, I think there's certainly a lot of enriching qualities to that, but I do think true, real happiness is ultimately something that you find within yourself deep down. And mm-hmm. for myself, I have to, I have to feel a sense of purpose or connection or emotional attachment. I feel like to something in order to truly get a you know, those, those brief moments that we call happiness. So, yeah. 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 I, I, I completely agree with you. Like there's all these external factors, but really like true happiness at the end of the day has nothing to do with any of that. And it's really, it's, it is really more about this complex that is you and finding purpose in you and working with external figures, whether that be, a relationship or traveling or whatever it may be like that stuff is important but being being a happy person finding purpose in life is more than that yeah and that's and something people... that, that's something that's hard for me to grasp because it's something i'm struggling with and I'm, i don't know jordan it's tough it's it's tough to say i i need to find purpose in life within myself no. but i i personally don't know how to do that it's like, ah, shit, I run into this issue. Anthony Bourdain ran into the same issue. Not saying I'm Anthony Bourdain. Like, no, I, I understand. Definitely not as de- I'm definitely not as depressed as he is, but some of his issues that he had, like, I could see in myself sometimes of just, like, a lack of purpose yeah. or a lack of, like, I don't know, finding finding the true reason to be living, you know? Jordan and I have talked this many times. We both prefer practical effects. Yes. It, it keeps you in it so much better. Maybe you're limited to what you can do, but the best filmmakers in the world, especially ones that deal with science fiction in particular, because that's, you know, where effects are really yes. going to be a requirement for the story, both from a practicality standpoint, but then just from an atmosphere and world building standpoint. And what I would say in the case of Aliens is that now, 
you could argue that a lot of it is, well, they had to do a lot of practical stuff because it's the 80s and they're limited to what they have and yada yada. If it was made today, would they you know, really lean into the technology thing? And this is what I would say for that is that the best filmmakers in the world that deal with special effects, they're not afraid to use computer generated imagery or CGI as it's commonly yep. referred to. They're not afraid to use it. As long as it serves the story. I know that seems yeah. like the most basic way of looking at effects, but effects, you can have the most crazy computer effects in the world. I don't care. And if and if a movie is going to have all crazy computer effects and no practicality, but it makes sense for what the story ultimately is doing, then do it. But in the case of Aliens, it does such a good job of having practical handmade like puppets i mean stan winston and his special effects team i mean the guy was the goat when it came to special effects and he's still a legend of of the industry but they still have the stuff of space and the spaceships and like miniatures and and whatnot and they and they did that but they did such a good blend of of the both uh of bothness but mostly practical it just helps to add so much because also uh you know the you got your I'm going to switch over to, you know, H.R. Geiger. I might be Yeah, no, no, name, yeah, yeah. He's the guy who came up with the alien. Right, but, uh, you know, you got your chest burst scene, uh, that one person they find in. That is bloody. There's, you know. Is that the scene with, like, the, the woman that's like, please kill me? Yeah, like, she's, yeah. like, all, like, caked up and against the wall. You already you know? know she's in a bad situation, but because of the effects, you know it's worse somehow. I don't know how, but yeah. th- to me that... Once again, it keeps you keeps you in it in the moment. And well, also you have to. I mean, just from like a purely technical standpoint, I don't care if you are super into it or not. Now, an audience member when they watch the chestburster scene and it's bloody and it's gruesome and whatever, I don't know. I mean, a part of me like I feel like that. You know, I feel yeah. I feel this that emotion. I'm I'm affected by what I'm seeing, but at the same time, I'm like, that is so cool. That is, yeah. like, just the fanboy in me, the person that just loves filmmaking and techniques. I'm like, how did they do that? That is amazing that they made that look so convincingly, and there is clearly blood. There is clearly a, some kind of a setup. Like, the imagination yeah. that that takes is, is absolutely incredible. You actually bring up a good point in that they show it. Yes, now, they because, don't shy away from it. No, that. because, you know, you, uh, you know, we said, you know, they were limited to what they could do. You know, they could have, I'm not the best with, you know, camera angles and all that, but they could have, you know, implied things or, you know, showed less. No. One, those scenes are happening. That's all you're looking at. You can't look away. It's true. And that's why the effects had to be so good and so practical. You get what I'm saying? There's a bunch of glasses of water. They're all lying around the house. And they show it throughout the movie, often different times, and you kind of think it's maybe for comedic relief or, you know, because it's just part of, like, this quirky kid and and her little tick that she doesn't drink water, and so it's just part of making an interesting character. It could be a lot of things. But then it turns out that towards the end, when one of these aliens that is around their farm is actually broken into their house, the glasses of water, it turns out, are useful, um, because they're scattered throughout everywhere and they find out through means I won't spoil that water is not good uh, for the aliens. So in fact, all these glasses of water being around the house were a benefit. But as this movie explores, 
was it meant to be there? Like, was it a happy coincidence? Was it, you know, was it a divine, um, divine action? You know, was God watching out for them? Part of that ties into religion, but that's kind of what I wanted to talk about because that to me is the most very interesting aspects of this movie. And some of the things that I think make this one of my favorite movies, just not even horror movies, but movies because within the scares and the suspense, it's really exploring an interesting, an interesting psychological um, aspect or philosophical, or maybe even, I don't know, whatever, whatever the words are for it being tied to your faith, um, fact versus faith. I don't know how, if I'm saying that right, but one of the scenes that really encapsulates this well, and if, if it's allowed on here, I'm going to really, I'm going to, I'm going to try to do it and, and see if I can get away with it, but I'm going to throw in, I'm going to throw in the audio clip of the two groups scene of people breaking down the two groups. I'm going to throw in a bit of it. I might not get away with doing the whole segment, but here it is. I want to throw in this sequence right now. People break down into two groups. When they experience something lucky, group number one sees it as more than luck, more than coincidence. They see it as a sign, evidence that there is someone up there watching out for them. Group number two sees it as just pure luck, a happy turn of chance. I'm sure the people in group number two are looking at those 14 lights in a very suspicious way. For them, this situation is a 50-50. Could be bad. Could be good. But deep down, they feel that whatever happens, they're on their own. And that fills them with fear. Yeah, there are those people. But there's a whole lot of people in the group number one. And they see those 14 lights. They're looking at a miracle. And deep down, they feel that whatever's going to happen, there'll be someone there to help them. And that fills them with hope. See, what you have to ask yourself is what kind of person are you? Are you the kind that sees signs? sees miracles or do you believe that people just get lucky or look at the question this way is it possible that there are no coincidences so that 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 scene is that that scene is powerful it's it's I mean, one, it's actually beautifully well shot. I always actually like how when the camera's focused on Mel, it's cutting off half of his face, showing, in my opinion, that there is a confliction within the person, the light and the darkness. Hey, there's some nice hoses, though. We could. Oh, those are some nice air hoses. Yeah? Yeah, some good gear. I, I, you know, every once in a while, Poke a hole in one of my air holes, then you got to get a new one. How much are they? I'm about to poke a hole in you if you don't shut the hell up. Oh, okay, yeah. Go, okay, what, we were talking about a movie. Right? 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. I came off really threatening just now. Like yeah, that was I was, that was a, scared. I don't know. Like that's not gonna make you want to come back. <laughs> <laughs> not that you have a choice, because again, I thought you're gonna poke me in the eye with that finger gun of yours. Poke you somewhere. <laughs> I, I don't know. Okay, wait. Okay, okay. here, here's. I'm <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing. Um, here's what. Here's what I wanted. Yeah, yeah there, move there, move around, there, adjust. Is, yeah, yeah. Do it. Do what you need to do. Okay. This is a the the futon you're sitting on is uh came from I don't know Slumberland something. I I, or, I ordered it online a while ago. Why are you on your phone? Well, I was checking messages because you were just rambling. Well, that's that's true. I this didn't has, ca- I didn't care about your futon. Yeah, this last five minutes has not mattered. No. No, here's what I wanted to ask you. Okay. So. Why did you pull the mic closer I to don't, you again? You yeah. always do that. It can stay right in between us. All right. Fine. Okay. Go ahead. I can't see how loud I am on the mic thing because oh, you, you have you Google like, up. Do you like the visual of that? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Check, test. Check, one, two, three. Check, one, two. Testing, testing. There you go. That's better because mine's, my voice is getting louder than yours now. Is this a competition? No. I can be louder. No, I can blow the damn eardrums off the listening audience. Like they, they, if if someone had like earbuds in, I could like scream and they'd just be like, "Oh my god!" Okay, ready? Let's do it. One, two, three. Ah! Okay, there we go. <laughs> okay. So the shine, like the actual shining, you know the. You know, hey Tony, bad mom, bad mom, bad mom. Which did you like? Okay, Adam, you had never seen it before. Did you get what he was saying when he was doing that? Like, I mean, no, I like, you know, I did not. I did not know it was murder until he wrote it down. I I literally asked Sophia ten seconds before it happened, like, what, what does this mean? She's like, you had yeah, a just great reaction. Just I'm just like, oh <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, by that know. point in the movie, everything like shit has hit the fan, and when they do the little mirror reveal, you had a great reaction. I loved, I loved watching you watch that part. <laughs> it, it, it's a, it's a, um, yeah, it's great how they do that because I'm pretty sure they do like a real dramatic zoom on there. It's just like boom, boom. murder. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're just like, oh shit. Um, gotta ask though, I, I, I'm thinking about this the subject of little Danny and Tony that apparently lives in his mouth which is kind of strange um, you guys have kids in this hypothetical world that I'm making um, yeah you guys have a kid um, his name is Timmy making it up mm-hmm. he comes up to you and like you guys are just sitting at the dinner table you're just like Timmy how was your day and he's like it was pretty good like do you get alarmed like, I mean, like, do you, what is your first reaction to your child having a boy that lives in his mouth? <laughs> My gut reaction, um, truthfully, fire station baby. Just, I don't care how old that kid <laughs> is, in a box, <laughs> drop off. <laughs> like, I, you will not bring, you will not bring that demon nonsense in here. I don't know. No, I don't want it. Now, is Firehouse Baby, is this like the, like, I'm putting him in, like, in a basket outside? In a basket, and, leaving like, him outside, yeah. Do you give a note <laughs> saying that may be possessed? Nope. I mean, nothing? That's their, that's their thing to figure out. Oh, shit. <laughs> Adam, I, what about you? Your, your, your son or daughter or whatever is, has the boy living there. What, what do you see, do? See, the weird thing is, like, 
I think kids are just fucking creepy in general. Like, they can I remember be. as a kid having like an imaginary friend. Yeah. So, like, where where is the cutoff between having an imaginary friend and just being schizophrenic? You know, mm-hmm. where where is that cutoff really at? And I I mean, maybe that's what child I guess that's what child doctors are for. And that child doctor in The Shining was terrible at her job. But I don't know. I feel like kids as, as a whole are really creepy. And especially after watching this movie, I'm like, God, I really don't want to have a kid. I feel like he's going to like <laughs> say weird things in his sleep. And then I'm going to be like, oh, my gosh, this kid's possessed. We got to get rid of him. You know, like, yeah, he's going to wake up leaning over you with a knife. <laughs> apply yourself and get lucky basically that you can get competence and and start believing in yourself and actually do something that matters um and that's something i want to talk about is just confidence the subject of confidence because i think it's very important in this movie i don't think that the williams girls everything else that we've talked about aside if they didn't have the confidence they would lose um and i'm just curious isola where you think confidence comes from. What do you mean? Like, how do you think somebody becomes confident? Like, what makes a person believe in themselves? Oh my gosh, that's... That's a hard one. A lot of things. Uh, On their case, I think that the confidence they had on themselves came a lot from their dad and their mom. And I think on most cases, like, the people that raise us and how much they would just, you know... Just encourage us to do harder things, to do to go further. It helps a lot in, in building the person's confidence. So in do their you? case, I really think that like their parents were like the reason they were so confident because he never, never even when he would hear things from other people, but he would never like, oh maybe you are not that good. He would always say, you are good. And for me, I think that my confidence comes from that too. So from my mom just always saying that I could do more than what I really trusted I could do. So that's why I think that it really comes from, not only, but I would say that really importantly from parents and whoever raises you. Yeah. Yeah, I I would agree. Um... For, for some of those things, for sure. I mean, competence comes from a number of different places, but it does start with your mom and dad, or presuming, you know, if you even have both of them or one of them. Um, or neither of them, or somebody else. Yeah, I mean, it comes from a care. Whoever is giving you care, whoever provides for you, that is the person that's going to start shaping you. They're going to, you know, decide something for you. I, I think of myself... Uh, Confidence is something I struggled with for uh, all my life, really. I was very timid in high school and very, I mean, very shy as a kid. Um, wasn't really till I got to college that I started to, I guess, become my own person. And I just say started to because I don't even think by the time I finished college that I was fully there yet. I, I still, and still to this day, probably have a long ways to go on that uh, because there's one thing that my 31 years has taught me is that confidence, like real confidence, that's not put on to impress somebody or to, you know, 
you know, mm-hmm. fake it till you make it, as they say, but like real confidence, it's not easy to get. Yeah, it is true. not easy to get, and it's something that I think even the most confident people, I feel like they would tell you that it, it takes constant work to maintain a level of it if you are lucky enough to even be able to get it. And I don't know if I'm at that. I, I don't know if I'll ever be at that like perfect level of it, but I certainly know it's something I can always work on. Yeah, it's true. It's really important. Is there any time I see like a really good movie? I mean, I don't know. I really hope I never reach the age where I don't appreciate it because I mm-hmm. see like a miracle anytime I see one that's like, wow. That was great. You think of all the different levels that had to marinate and just fucking mesh together yep. to, to get it just right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like a freak thing every time it yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah. I never, I never well, it is it kind of a mistake. Like, yeah. everyone's intending. No one sets out to make a bad movie. That's not a thing. No. Like, people are trying to execute something well. The problem is, is that it's extremely difficult. So, like, even my short, like, I didn't, there's some parts where I didn't record the sound particularly well. Like, and it bothers me every time I rewatch it. Like, and I can't do anything about it. It exists now. It's in the ether. Yeah. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, and it's, again, going back to the Batman. Like, even though it didn't work for me completely, like, it is a miracle that they made something this good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. to put all those pieces of a puzzle together to make one cohesive thing, whether I think it's perfectly cohesive or not, dude, it's still kind of a small miracle. Like, yeah. every time this happens. And I understand that they have a huge budget, but lots of people have had huge budget, budgets and, like, completely bombed. Yeah. So, like, anytime something like the Batman, this Batman, didn't execute at 100% efficiency, it's okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I still had a good time. I, As I said at the beginning, like, the three hours didn't... I wasn't what, looking at my clock or my watch and going, oh, fuck, when is this going to be over? Like, you know what I mean? That's not what happened. I enjoyed the ride. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's, we do what we do, like, as critics or, like, if you want to be a filmmaker, you kind of have to look at something with a critical eye to understand what you need to do when yeah. you make a movie and, like, oh, don't do that. Oh, don't do that. Like, you know what I mean? But at this, at the same time, like... They're executing, even if they're executing at 90% efficiency, that's a, a small miracle. Hey, so uh, I got, got a question for you. So okay. let's, let's say, you know, hypothetically, I, I love doing hypotheticals on the show. Okay. There's two other Jonathans out there in the world. You know, okay. you, you got two other versions of yourself. What, what are they like? Um... There's definitely one that's more confident um, and as sure of himself. Um, And there's probably a version that I would say that I feel like I'm the Andrew of the Andrew of the Jonathans right now. You've been through some stuff. You got some learning to do, but you got some learning under your belt. I would say there's one that's probably, probably a lot further ahead in life because a part about me is that I tend to like, I might have the ability, no, I have the ability to do something within myself, but I'll second guess it. And I, I feel like mm-hmm. I've missed out on some experiences in life from doing that. Um, and so I feel like there has to be a version of me that just gets it. In fact, I've actually thought of that often. Like, you know, <laughs> that, that exercise, write a letter to your younger <laughs> self. And it's like, I always, I've had dreams of like my future self's like, hey, you got this, you can do this. Just do yeah. this. So I feel like there's a version of that. And then 
I feel like there's a more carefree version might mm. get himself in a little bit more trouble. Okay. Um, and the sense of like, all right, I'm just going to try this and it fails. Okay, whatever. It's cool. Like more like <laughs> off the cuff and like willing to try. I guess that's kind of somewhat the same thing, but one's a little bit rooted more and grounded and the other's more like I'm figuring this out and it's okay if I don't get it right. Because me, this, this, me and, and Earth 616, <laughs> if we want to call it that. Yeah. I let the possibility of those two stop me from making so some some decisions sometimes. Yeah, uh, I mean, so now I don't think you're going to be able to open a portal and talk to your other selves. I mean, I wish you could. I, I wish. <laughs> you don't have a sling ring winging around somewhere? I, I don't. I, I could check in the back somewhere, but <laughs> no, I don't think I do. Um, it, but it's it's interesting to think about, like the. I think that's the, that's the great thing about the multiverse conversation in general yeah. is that it it makes you expand your mind in a lot of different ways you think yeah. about different possibilities um i know for myself i don't know if i got other jordans running around but i can certainly say that like i always think in another i i like to use the analogy in another life because i my my wife uh, she tells me that i i need 20 lives to do everything i want to do because i usually try to do too much right. um and so sometimes i think there's there would be another version of myself that would have maybe pursued the filmmaking side like more like professionally like not just yeah. try to do it as a passion project tried to really go all the way into it and not care there's the other one like you talking about the confidence thing i sometimes can have no filter <laughs> and that can sometimes be for better or worse but sometimes it also gives me the sense that i'm forcing myself to walk on eggshells and i shouldn't it's like just you know just believe what, what you're saying like it, it's it's fine you don't need to be so cautious all the time yeah um but the the, the point is with all that is that since we can't open these portals to to try to talk to our our different selves that's like what what the heck do we do to try to you know get to our best self <laughs> We watch the multiverse and figure out which version is much like the version we want to be and try to emulate that. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Yeah, it's just emulate it. Last question I have for you on Predator, and then we'll wind this down or pray. You, John, John Orman, you get put yep. into the woods. A predator's there. Do you think you can take it? Um, no, I would be in the fetal position, making myself not be a, a threat at all. Yeah, I was gonna say, no weapons, he might he might not touch you. Yeah. Uh, like, this is a defenseless kill. Is this really worth your time? Walk past me. <laughs> so, you, yeah, so you would do fetal position, just totally go limp and just be like, ah, like, the predator will probably leave me alone. Yeah, I'd probably be also crying and defecating like a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Am I going to act like I have a different response than that for myself? <laughs> I, I, I'm not like a, a big, strong man that knows like jujitsu or combat or let alone fires guns. Uh, not really. Depending on the situation, well, I mean, circumstance plays a big factor into this. So, I mean, what do I have around me? Do I have things I could actually feasibly work with? Is it threatening Isola? Like, is it threatening my wife? Is it going to try to kill her? You know, how adrenaline up am I to defend myself against the Predator? I don't know. I agree with that 100%. If my six-month-old had a little toy gun and I thought it yeah. was going to register as a threat, I might, you know, take a large stick and start whacking at it. Knowing that we're all going to die in the end, but I'd give it my <laughs> best shot, you know? <laughs> 
Uh, no one do that with your children. John's <laughs> purely talking hypothetical. Just want to make that 100% clear, but uh, that is a funny notion. That was a lot of highlights. When I when I stitched it all together like that, it's like, yeah, I can kind of see why that took a year to to get that much content. But then at the same time, it's not enough. It's not enough for me. I, I want to see more in year two. Definitely want to see a lot more in year two. Which, speaking of year two, that's what I'm going to talk about right now is what's going to happen with this podcast in year two. What does the future hold for ScreenSpeak? Well, I think it holds a lot of different things. Uh, I have four primary goals uh, that I'm going to be setting my sights on for year two. And there are other goals that could possibly follow after that. But I think when I lay out these four, you'll understand why they're my primary focus for year two of ScreenSpeak. So goal number one, first and foremost, community growth, fan base growth, whatever you want to call it. I want to get more people to listen to the podcast. So that means I'm going to be, you know, being a little bit more aggressive with the social media, to, uh, you know, getting more episodes out there, trying to promote the podcast a little bit more than what I typically do. Um, I just kind of think it's one of those things where if I don't do it, who will? So I really want to try uh, as hard as I can to see the community continue to grow. Uh, but then that also goes back to just focusing on the content itself, trying to sharpen up my skills at podcasting where I can, try to uh, find interesting approaches to talking about things, taking chances on how I talk about things, uh, getting, you know, just, just taking chances with it a little bit more. And, and again, not losing focus on trying to build up the screen speak community. So that's goal number one for year two. Uh, second goal is to get an improved audio experience for when I have guests on. Uh, that means investing into multi-track recording, uh, soundproofing, etc. I'm trying to continue to improve the overall experience of listening to ScreenSpeak. And particularly when I have guests, that's something I am focusing on because the way I've been doing it right now is I just have one independent microphone. I have other microphones that I have with me that are portable, but they are not recording uh, on separate audio tracks. So it makes it really difficult for me in the editing phase to not have somebody's voice echo off the other. And after doing some research into it, I found out that multi-track recording is the way to go and you have to have specific equipment for it to get there. So I am getting there. I promise you, it's just, you know, it costs money. These things, like anything else, it costs money. It also takes time to figure out how best to use it. But that is uh, goal number two for ScreenSpeak, which is to just improve the overall audio experience. So hopefully when I look back on this in another year, you'll say, okay, actually, I think he did what he said he did. Or if I didn't, then you can just say, hey, you know what? Uh, I think he kind of failed miserably at that goal. You might want to try again. <clears throat> so... Goal number one, let's recap. Community growth. Goal number two, improve the audio experience for you all, especially when I have guests. And goal number three, speaking of guests, is new guests. Not just close friends, family, people like that. I, I'm really looking to have more conversations with people that I truly don't know. I would like to also have conversations with people that are perhaps in local entertainment around the area that I'm in. Uh, to, in a way, promote them, but then also just to find more like-minded people that I can have 
really interesting conversations uh, about movies with. So that's going to start from the guest experience on there and the type of guests that I have. So I'm really looking to expand my guest roster on there. Uh, and then also still have some of the, the, you know, the screen speak, the, I don't want to say OGs cause that's, that's not at all the vibe <laughs> of myself or this podcast. Uh, but, but the originals, you know, some of, some of the guests that I've had on before, I'd like to have them come back. Uh, and I definitely have plans to make that happen, but I, I want to not lose sight on getting new, new blood on screen speak. So I'm going to work hard to make that happen, but rest assured I'll get there. And then the last goal I have for year two is getting merch. Screenspeak merch! Woo woo! If any of you all like wearing t-shirts, who doesn't like a good t-shirt? Who doesn't like to be wearing clothes? Unless you listen to this podcast at a nudist colony. I don't think you do that, but hey, you you listen however you want to listen, all right? Whatever <laughs> whatever floats your boat. Um, but merch. Merch is a goal for Screenspeak for year two. Um, looking at anything from stickers, t-shirts, water bottles, coffee mugs, uh, you know, damn near anything with the brand on it. It's like space balls, just uh, merchandise, merchandise, merchandise within reason. Uh, I don't want to try to do too much because I admit I sometimes have a tendency of trying to bite off a little bit more than I can chew, but not on this. So it'll likely start small. Um, you know, a couple of concept t-shirt designs, maybe one that I actually give the green light to start pushing and selling. Uh, and then little things like stickers and keychains, stuff like that. I don't want to go too crazy with it until I see that it actually has some worth and, and merit behind it and people actually get into it. Um, so we'll see. I, I have some strategizing that I need to do behind that just to make a real solid plan for that to make it work. Uh, but I really want to just get the, the screen speak name out there more and try to do what I can and also give back to you, the, the people that listen. I, I also see it as a way to, to give back to you. Um, so whether that means I start having more contests, uh, you know, doing giveaways, anything like that, I'll certainly try to do that when I can, but it's, it's a start. Okay. Oh, and, and speaking of contests, the year one contest, uh, for screen speak, the one year anniversary contest, it is still running. Uh, let me pull up the stipulations because, of course, why would I remember my own contest stipulations? Uh, let me see. When does when did I say this contest was going to end? Uh, let's see. I have it. Nope, not there. It is. Come on. Where is this at? Here we go. One year anniversary contest. Yes, it ends on September 3rd. So just to reiterate what the rules are for that contest, like the post. Uh, you can find that post on Instagram or the Facebook community group. Uh, share the post, or sorry, like the post, tag two friends, follow ScreenSpeak, and then request to join that Facebook community group. So do all those things, and you're going to be entered in to win some popcorn, uh, mystery Blu-ray, two ScreenSpeak stickers, and a movie buff coffee mug. Again, all those details can be found in that social media post. So definitely, uh, definitely take advantage of that contest while you still can. Whew. Okay. I think this has been enough for the one year anniversary special. Uh, hopefully it was entertaining. Hopefully you enjoyed hearing a little bit more about myself, learning about screen speak, some of the behind the scenes of what's happened in the past, what's going to be happening going forward and, and hopefully you enjoyed the highlight reel as well. Uh, I really do sincerely appreciate uh, everybody that comes by and, and listens to the podcast 
this is my passion project. This is something that I really, really care about and I want to continue to grow it and I just want to share it with you all. So, you know, I can't, I can't do it without you. So hit the, hit the follow button, share this wherever you go, share it with your movie friends, uh, ask them, you know, be like, Hey, you know, if you're a movie buff, you should talk to this guy, be on his podcast. Uh, he, he would love to talk to you. I would love to do that. So please, uh, yeah, just, just continue to continue to support this. I, it really, really means a lot to me. Uh, but otherwise I, I think that's all I got for now. Got a lot of exciting stuff coming down, uh, coming down the pipe, got new guests, a uh, lot of, lot of new things that are coming down. I don't want to spoil too much. I've already said enough on here for the anniversary special. So without further ado, thank you all very, very much for listening. And I will catch you all in the next episode. We'll see you.